Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we're joined by teaching pastor Tammy Melchin as we conclude the series, Finding Financial Freedom. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. Jesus is known for his profound wisdom and paradigm-breaking teaching. Today, I want to start by quoting him. A short statement that might seem simple at first, but I think is one of his most countercultural teachings for us in the 21st century. What is odd about this statement is that it is something we have probably all heard before, even if we didn't realize it was Jesus who said it. And on top of that, it is a statement that most of us would say we agree with, or at least acknowledge its validity. But, It is a statement that flies in the face of our way of life and many of our daily habits. Ready? Brace yourself. Here it is. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Okay, maybe at first it doesn't seem all that earth-shattering, but I believe this statement is radically countercultural. And why? because we live in a world obsessed with receiving. Since the end of World War I, our culture has become centered around consuming. Now, it is true that humans have always needed to consume the necessities of life, food, clothing, shelter, and we have always had to work hard for those things. But not until the 20th century have we centered our lives around consuming to the point where we even identify ourselves as consumers. It's become a part of who we are and how we see the world. We see ourselves as receivers. But according to Jesus, we're missing out. We're settling for something less. Now, let me clarify that Jesus is not saying receiving is bad or that it's wrong. Receiving can be great, right? It is a blessing to receive, but it is more of a blessing to give. I recently heard Pastor Craig Rochelle talk about this, and he made a statement that really struck me. He said, I cannot think of a single emotional consuming story. He said that as he reflected on his life, he couldn't think of a single time he was overwhelmed with emotion because he consumed or got something for himself. It made me think. A few weeks ago, when I bought a book in a bookstore, my eyes didn't well up with tears. I didn't cry on the way home thinking, I can't believe I have another book to put on my bookshelves. Last week, even though I haven't been able to find the cereal I like for over a month because of the ongoing supply chain issues, I didn't burst into song with joy when I saw a box sitting there on the grocery store shelf. I have never said, you know, when I buy another outfit from my favorite store, I feel close to God in a new way. (laughs) No, I don't have emotional consuming stories. But I can think of emotional giving stories. I've cried real tears contributing to a GoFundMe campaign for a friend who tragically lost her husband. I've experienced the joy of being able to help friends send their kids to blast our student winter conference at a time when their personal finances didn't allow for it. I've experienced my faith in God deepening 
as I've seen him provide in unusual ways when I've stretched to make an above and beyond commitment to generosity. All of this convinces me that Jesus' words are really true. Say them with me. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Giving is good. And yet many of us struggle to live a life of generosity. We struggle to faithfully and generously give back to God. If we know it's more blessed to give than to receive, why don't we do it more often? Why is it so hard for so many of us to faithfully give back to God? Well, I can think of several reasons. See if any of these resonate with you. First, we're not in the habit. For many of us, the practice of giving back to God consistently is not something we've done. It wasn't something our parents did, or at least if they did, we didn't know it. It's not a spiritual practice we established early in our own lives once we started earning money. And it can be hard to form a new habit. Or sometimes it's easy to neglect giving back to God because we keep finances private. Most of us hide this area of our lives. We don't talk about it with other people, even people we're close to. No one knows. And that means there's no accountability, no challenge to grow. But I think there's also a predominant reason why we struggle to give back to God. And I want to spend a little time talking about this reason today. I think many of us struggle because we live with a scarcity mindset. So often when it comes to generosity, we get stuck in this scarcity mindset. A scarcity mindset constantly whispers, I don't have enough. A scarcity mindset looks around and sees the home improvement projects that need to be done before my house will be good enough. The new car my neighbor bought that makes my car look like a toy. The vacation my boss took that I still can't afford. Ever have these thoughts? I certainly have. It seems here in America, we're programmed from birth to believe we don't have enough. We easily convince ourselves that we need the best, the newest, and the biggest. The scarcity mindset feeds our never-ending compulsion to consume. Now, the opposite of a scarcity mindset is an abundance mindset. The abundance mindset says, God always provides. The abundance mindset looks around and feels gratitude for all God has given, no matter if it's a little or a lot. The abundance mindset wells up in a desire to pass the blessings forward, to be richly generous. The Apostle Paul describes what this abundance mindset looks like when he talks about a group of Christ followers from Macedonia. Listen to what he says. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of their very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Look at what Paul says. The Macedonians were going through severe trials. 
They experienced extreme poverty, and yet, Paul says, they were richly generous. They lived with an abundance mindset. Despite the little they had, they pleaded for the opportunity to give. In fact, they gave so generously that Paul says they gave beyond their ability. How is that possible? It's possible because of the grace that God has given. This grace was an ability to give beyond themselves, beyond their means, beyond anything that seemed to make sense. Remember, grace isn't something earned. It's something received. And here's the thing about grace. It's not just for a special few. We can all receive this grace. In fact, Paul goes on to challenge us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. What if we, too, ask God to help us excel in the grace of giving? So let's talk about how we can partner with God to grow in the grace of giving. The first way to grow in the grace of giving is to trust God and start being generous now. So many times stuck in our scarcity mindset, we think, I'll start giving when. I'll start giving when I'm out of debt. I'll start giving when I get a raise. I'll start giving when I hit the lotto. However, it's when we step out in faith, trusting Jesus that it really is more blessed to give than receive, that we open the door for God to do something supernatural in our finances. Paul told Philemon in Philemon 1.6, and I am praying that you will put into action, put into action what? The generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. We put our faith into action when we give. And let me tell you from experience, it helps when we have a plan for this. I don't know about you, but I plan to consume. Anyone ever plan to get something? Like last year, I planned to add a patio on the back of my house. I planned and I saved and I did research and I strategized how to make that happen, and it did. What if we sat around and said, how can we plan not just to get more, but to give more? How can we plan to be more generous? What if we strategized around that? Since it's more blessed to give than to receive, how could we come up with a plan to be a blessing to to even more people? As part of this plan, I'd encourage you to set up a recurring gift for your giving. Set up a plan where your giving back to God is automatic each week or each month or a couple times a month. And and here's why I encourage you to do that. Somewhere along the way, I guarantee you that the scarcity mindset is going to try to sabotage your plan. You're going to hear voices that say, you don't have enough. Don't do it. But a recurring gift reminds you that you have decided to trust God. You have decided to start giving. If you want to grow in the grace of giving, trust God and start giving. The second way to grow in the grace of giving is to step forward. Usually when we start giving, we start out with a baby step. 
We start with a small amount we feel comfortable with, and we learn to give that amount consistently, and that's great. Baby steps are important. But a lot of us have been taking baby steps for a while, and it's time for us to step forward and stop playing it so safe. In fact, when God first started challenging his people to grow in the grace of giving, he challenged them to trust him with the tithe. This was the starting point of giving in God's eyes. What is the tithe? The tithe comes from a Hebrew word, the word masar, and it means one-tenth. It's a tenth of whatever we receive. Now, in the agricultural economy of the ancient world, here is how God describes it. One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It must be set apart to him as holy. In other words, in our dollars and cents economy, if I get $100, the first $10 isn't mine to keep. It belongs to God. I return that to him as an act of trust and worship. And yet it seems from the start, God's people struggled with this. That's why in the book of Malachi, God challenges them. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Bring the whole tithe, God says. And then God says something really interesting. He says, put me to the test. This is the only place in all of scripture where God says, test me. Now, why did God give us permission to test him in this area? I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing it may have been because God knew tithing would freak us out. 10%? Are you serious? I mean, maybe right now you're thinking, how in the world could I do that? That's crazy. That seems impossible. You might find yourself thinking, in order to do that, I would have to totally and completely 100% rearrange my life around God. Well, yes, that's exactly the point. You'd have to change some things to step forward and actually put God first with a tithe, kind of like we do in other areas of our lives. We challenge one another to seek God first in the day, uh, starting with prayer and reading God's word. We challenge one another to seek God first in the week by worshiping together here in this gathering. And we challenge one another to seek God first in our lives by stepping forward and giving the first tenth of what he trusts to us as an act of worship back to him. Personally, I am so grateful that I grew up in a home where tithing was a natural part of my family's connection to our church. Now, I know not a lot of people grew up with that blessing. I know that I'm fortunate, uh, but I did. I can vividly remember as a kid watching my dad every Saturday night 
uh, sit down at his desk and open the top left desk drawer to pull out his checkbook and write out our family's weekly tithe. And sometimes in the service that next Sunday, my parents would let me be the one to put the check in the offering plate when it was passed. Their example made tithing normative for me. And and all these years later, I, I am so grateful to them for that. But I know for many, in order for this kind of pattern to be established in your life and in your family, life will have to be rearranged. And that will take faith. But trusting God with, with a tithe moves us beyond the baby steps of giving, beyond playing it safe. And I believe with all of my heart that God will prove himself faithful to you in some way. It won't always be easy, but you will see the goodness of God. You will experience him in new ways. If you want to grow in the grace of giving, step forward and trust God with the tithe. The final way I'd like to encourage us to grow in the grace of giving is to share stories. As we've talked about at the beginning, most of us hide this area of our lives. We don't talk about it with other people, even people we're close to, like those in our small group. No one knows. And that means there's no accountability, no challenge to grow. We need to see giving back to God as part of following Jesus. We need to break through the stigma of talking about money and finances because this is an area of all of our lives where we need each other to grow. I was listening to a podcast with author John Mark Comer, and he said one of the things his small group decided to do to help one another grow in this area is that everyone in the group tells the group about any purchases they're planning to make that are over $1,000. That way, they they have to hear themselves explain to the group why they are making the purchase and give other group members an opportunity to ask questions. Now, the group isn't deciding on whether or not they can make the purchase, but they have to explain it to one another. That's pretty intense, isn't it? That may be a level of accountability that is beyond many of us right now. But we have to start opening this area of our lives up to one another in some way if we're going to grow. So let's start by telling stories. These can be stories of where you trusted God, took a leap of faith, and and were generous and what that experience was like for you. Or these can also be stories of struggle. As we were planning this message, our teaching team got a little real with each other. And I confess that, that sometimes I think about the home improvement projects that I could get done if I just skipped tithing for three or four months, just three or four months, and and then I'd start again. And in those times, I know that it's good that I have a recurring gift set up because deep down, I know I want my first priority to be giving back to God, but I fight those scarcity voices. We need to tell stories because our stories inspire and help one another. In fact, today, let me share these stories with you. Generosity had always been something that and we both did individually, but hadn't really talked about with each other really until until kind of we got engaged and started having those, you know, more in-depth conversations. Living in the city, it's a very expensive place to try to navigate. 
Once we got married though, it became this thing that we could do together, um, which I feel like has been kind of fun to be honest, um, just to like be able to steward our resources well together. There's gonna be a lot of unexpected stuff coming towards you, you know, the storm, the storm's always gonna come, but uh, you know, God, God is our rock that we can build our house on. And I think through our giving, being able to provide that for other people, um, and just in our local community here, and then through you know the other organizations, uh, community partners with, just being able to be that for other people who might need that, you know, more than we do right now. We believe that everything we've been given is a blessing, and we are called to steward those blessings well. One of the big things about tithing for us is, um, you know, we talk about at church that it's giving back to God. This is about following God and entrusting that He will care for you. Sometimes not exactly the way you want, but we don't always see the big picture. The way we look at it is we're giving back to God and we're praying that when we give back to God through giving back to community, that, you know, God is giving the church leaders the wisdom to wisely, you know, funnel those resources in the way that He wants His mission done. You need to believe in the cause. So God is our main cause, of course, but the things that community does, in my opinion, is reaching those that need, true need, they're doing what they said they were gonna do. It's been very important, I think, for me to, you know, continue to tithe. It's a blessing to be able to, um, to be able to participate in what community is doing and then what God is doing through community. I've never been one to love the, the whole cliche, you know, you can't outgive God kind of thing. You know, I feel like it's, it's always what they, you know, they say, but it's definitely a trust and a faith-based decision. We can't say that there's been any point in our life when we've given back that we've regretted it. Church, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I know we know that, yet I also know that this is a challenging aspect of following Jesus. In order to grow in the grace of giving, we have to totally and completely 100% rearrange our lives around God. And that is exactly what we are challenging one another to do. We have to change some things in order to put God first in this area of our lives. We will have to let go of a scarcity mindset to embrace an abundance mindset. We will have to trust God. We will need to step forward. We will have to share stories. But ultimately, through these steps of faith, we will come to know Jesus in a deeper way. And we will experience that it is truly more blessed to give than it is to receive. Giving is good. May God grow us in the grace of giving. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for just the abundant generosity that you have poured out to us. God, not only in our daily needs being met, but ultimately in the gift of your Son, giving our lives purpose and meaning and hope. Father, you know that for so many of us, uh, really all of us, this is a challenging aspect of following you. 
of putting your kingdom first, of honoring you before ourselves. And so I pray for every one of us that you would remove any resistance in us to this, that you would show us what our next step is, and that we would trust you. Give us the courage to step forward. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.